Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Indeed, here I am rolling along on this Thursday afternoon on the 315. Brian Higgins with you. Central New York, Cuse, Utica, Rome, wherever you may be at today on QSportsTalk.com. Talked a lot of Q soups today, as we always do, but here we are on Thursday afternoon, just a few days out from the conference championship games in the National Football League here uh, this year. Looking forward to getting into that in the NFC. You got Philly and San Francisco, the one and the two seed. It is the one and the three seed in the AFC with Cincinnati heading out to Kansas City. So we are getting close to. Getting ready for all that. We'll be getting to Jim Coventry of Rotowire here momentarily to get in all the prop bets uh, for the weekend. You know, it's one thing. You can pick your side. You can pick your team who's going to win the game. But there are, by goodness, at this time of the year, there are 8 million things of uh, what you could uh, bet on or think about or anything getting into this weekend. And, uh, oh, Jim is here. Uh, our, our call screener is a, a little wonky uh, today. I don't know. The, it's the computer is wonky. The the phones work just fine. But uh, Jim is here, so we'll go to line. Jim Coventry is with us. Apologies for keeping you waiting there for a second, Jim. But uh, welcome in here uh, today to the show. And, you know, I, I, I look at this weekend. You know, there's prop bets, and, you know, everyone's got a FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever in their hands these days, and you can – do this stuff every week in the regular season. Well, what's it like for you this weekend where there's two games, there there are reams and stacks of information a mile high. How, how do you parse all this stuff when, <laughs> it, when it's just two games you're focusing on this weekend? So it's interesting because obviously in a regular season slate, I'm breaking down 16 games. Obviously the war of attrition, you have your notes, but you can't get anything like the amount of notes that you're taking when there are only two games on a weekend. By the time Monday was done, I had 23 pages of notes mm. combined for these two games. So I, you could crunch a lot more. So yes, I think that my track record in the playoffs is exponentially better than the good record I have during the regular season, just because I can narrow the focus so tightly. Now that's interesting because I feel like, you know, because games are so, and it's maybe a little different with prop bets than trying to pick the game, which we, we can get into. But I feel like a lot of people, you know, you get more casual betters in the postseason. Sometimes, you know, people can, you know, get a little loose and get off track in the postseason. I find that interesting to say you can lock in better in the postseason. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm that guy. So I'm a fantasy football guy. But what my thing is, I study tape. I'm like a scout, but I know the numbers. And when I can really hone in on a couple of games, I'm getting into the weeds. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into offensive line matchups. I'm getting into linebacker situations, uh, safeties. I'm getting into the whole minutia of it. And I can really spend that time and just see. I kind of tr- prepare to see what I expect the game plan to be, both offensively and defensively for each team. And frequently, I'm right on with what the teams do. Remember, playoff football is way different than regular season football. The Bill Belichicks of the world who game plan every game like it's their last game, that's not common. In the NFL playoffs, teams have to make those hard decisions. And that allows me to kind of get into the mindset because I try to break it the same way that they would. When you look at these games, we'll get into the props you got lined up this uh, weekend in a sec here. Jim Coventry from Rotowire is with us. 
How much do you consider? I mean, say you're breaking down the games. How much does it matter, I guess, in your mind, who you, like who you actually think is going to win the game uh, as you approach the prop, or are you just trying to get a feel of you know how you sense the game, like the gameplay might go, despite who might actually come out on top at the end? So what'll happen is I'll obviously, like everybody, project out every player, and it's based on a projected game script. But the players I focus on, so I won't make a prop, obviously, on a ton of bets. Mm-hmm. I will focus down to maybe four good props for the weekend. Those are the props where I feel they're either so in line with how I'm sure the game script goes, or there's latitude in case the game goes sideways. Because I don't want to pigeon myself, pigeonhole myself into a place where it's like the game has to go this way for me to win the prop. I have to have a flexible prop that I feel there are multiple ways of it cashing. Yeah, those are the props that I find the most interesting because uh, you know you know NFL games like it's it's very hard to pick who's going to win NFL games, especially in the playoffs because you know it's the NFL. There's a lot of one possession games. One possession games can go either way. Uh, you know, kind of regardless of how the the game went. So what what kind of props lead themselves better to you for for that for you know independent of who's actually going to win the game that th- this is the kind of prop you can look at anyway. So again, it's once I do my baseline projection based on all of the research in the setup, I first look to see then once I have my numbers, where the Vegas number falls. Okay. So the first place to start looking is where I have a significant difference. I have a 15, 20 yard difference. Now we're starting to talk a little bit. Now I, w- I take my big list of, of player projections. And now I narrow it down to maybe 10. And then from there, it's in a, it's unique. There's no specific one type of prop I'm looking for. I'm looking again for that marriage between the projection, the potential game script and some latitude. So every time this week, it might be a couple quarterbacks uh, next week. It might be heavy running back. It all depends on how the slate shakes out. And when you end, I know you're going to ask me about some of my props and you'll kind of see when I go through them, I'll give you my rationale on each one and you'll see how I built that and how it makes sense. All right, let's do that. Jim, let's jump into it. The NFC title game is first up on Sunday. It's the Eagles and the 49ers. Take us into, you know, how'd you approach this game and what popped out to you? So in this game, one of my four props come from this game. And when I broke this game down, the first thing is the Philadelphia Eagles are that rare NFL team with a great offensive line, excellent wide receivers, a great running game. They can choose how they want to attack you. Earlier in the season, they played the Tennessee Titans before the Titans were really beat up. When they went in that game, it's easy to pass on the Titans but it was nearly impossible to run on them. And so when I approached that game, it's like, well, I am not going to work with Miles Sanders unless I take the under on his prop because I go, they're not going to even run him. They're not going to waste their time. Well, this game breaks down the same because the 49ers devastating against the run. Fewest yards per carry in the league. No running back has hit 70 yards against them in any game this year. It is not the matchup you want. But you can beat the 49ers when you attack their outside corners. So this game plan, Philadelphia has shown they're going to do this. They will go to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That will be the primary mode of offense, regardless of game script. Because, again, they're not going to likely have success running against this defense. You're going to play to the weakness. So Miles Sanders, very reasonable prop of 57 and a half yards but i have him going comfortably under that number uh, comfortably under is interesting because you, you had 57 and a half out uh, i've seen some of the the books already it's dropping that that's dropped at least five yards i feel on some of them how, how comfortably under are you feeling uh with with miles so 40, to, to i have under? him at a 
Yes, I am at a 45-yard projection in this game. All right, so that is, you know, if you can get him at 57, that's a pretty good uh, grace period between the two. And uh, not one of your props, Jim, but you mentioned the idea, and I guess this could fit into the same. I've seen several people out there, they like the idea of A.J. Brown, you know, maybe catching a deep ball. The the over-under on his uh, longest reception is uh, 25 and a half. How, How would something like that, you know, fit into your thinking this weekend? So as I broke this one down, the, the expectation is Charvarius Ward will go man-to-man on A.J. Brown. He tends to take the bigger physical receiver. Earlier in the season, the first time he faced D.K. Metcalf, I want to say it was like week 13 or so, and in that game, he really did hold Metcalf in check. Metcalf had five or six catches. I don't think it was more than 50 yards, but they met in the playoffs, and Metcalf went bananas. So that was interesting to see. But to me, it's a similar matchup. Brown and Metcalf are different players, but they're both extremely physical. They win in different ways, but I do expect it to be man coverage. So what you're going to look for here is there is a great chance that Hurts does get the deep pass. They will try it. Now, deep passes are low-probability plays, right? Mm -hmm. But they will attempt those. I do believe he does have the physical advantage to get over the top on him and the body to shield him in that case. So to me, that is a bet that makes sense. But again, you're you're betting on a low-probability play. It could be a pass interference on that deep shot. You know, it could be called back on a holding call. Is Jalen Hurts' shoulder 100% yet? So it's those long play props there's variables that could hurt that, but it is a reasonable problem. Uh, yeah, that's one where you're just betting on them uh, throwing it enough that hopefully one of them uh, will get if they, they at least did a high volume down the field. So we'll see. That's what you got on the NFC title game. And you got more on the AFC, and I guess that's interesting too, Jim. I guess you get to the playoffs, You know, people are sitting down, they want to have a little action on the game. Like Part of it's the discipline, right? You, you put one prop out there, it's, all right, take that one. Don't take 17 other props also while you're watching the game. Exactly. And like I said, usually I want, I don't want to just spam a bunch of props out there. I want to find the props like this game, the Kansas city and since name, I have three props in that game, three props that I love. And that's where the numbers fell. And that was where I felt there was latitude in those as well. And it just happened to be in the San Francisco game. There was one and that's okay. We're not going to force a bet just for action. We want to cash tickets. We, you know, we want to be winners, right? Mm-hmm. It's always a little bit better when you're a winner at the end of the day. As uh, Jim Coventry, <laughs> yeah. Wire is with us. All right, take us to this AFC game. You, you got the Chiefs, you got uh, the Bengals. It's a rematch of last year. And there is the Patrick Mahomes injury from last week. How, how did you factor that in? And how hard is it to, to plan for the Mahomes factor when, you know, we, we, we don't know what's happening in that training room right now? You know, the injury is everything in this game. And I understand there was a report that he practiced normally, seriously. He had his leg almost snapped off. Exactly. I mean, it's a high ankle sprain. He made it through that game on adrenaline and probably a pain-killing shot. He couldn't hand the ball off effectively. He couldn't plant his plant leg. And you know the swelling set in the day after. So this injury is not getting better. He'll be nowhere near 100%. And when we look at this, the Bengals have done extremely well against Patrick Mahomes. In the last three games that they played, this is since week 17 of last year. He's only gone over the yardage proper this week, which I have at 273. I'm sure it'll move a little bit. But he's had games one game over that he had a 259 he had a 223 this year so last year he's been right at or well under that number and that's when he was healthy 
So now we look how Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinators, approached Mahomes. What he's done is he's dropped bodies into coverage and he's made the zone look tighter so Mahomes doesn't have clean, crisp looks. But in this game with the he won't run, he won't blitz Mahomes when he's healthy because he knows that's that's death because Mahomes will break contain go outside and he'll break the play down but he's not going to be able to move so they're going to send inside pressure because he can't get outside and that is going to make it problematic because they're going to get some sacks that way Mahomes is not going to have windows to look they're going to muddy up his vision. There is no way he's sniffing the over on this prop. I, I I would be stunned if he got to 245 yards in this game. Wow. You said, you know, it's been three games in slightly more than a calendar year now, and Bengals have won all three against the Chiefs, um, and he's been under the number you had in all three games. And what's crazy, you had that 273 number. I checked a little bit earlier. I've seen it up now in some places. It's like 280, 282, so it almost looks like, uh, I guess that means people are betting it the other way. So <laughs> it's even more room they to play with. Yes, because they're seeing those reports. The reports are coming out. He practiced normally. I'm, seriously. I mean, hey, when I was a kid, I believed in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I, I get all that. The public is believing these things right now. They believe there's this big Superman S on Mahomes' chest that he doesn't need a leg to play football. Well, I'm sorry, but it's NFL. It, it, he is not going to play effectively at 70% or 50%. It, it's not going to happen. Well, Santa wears a red suit. He wears a red uniform. And, you know, people can get confused on the whole thing, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's uh, fantastic. All right, Jim Coventry, Roto-Wire with us. Jim, I know you got stuff on the running backs on both sides. How, how, did, how did you break down, you know, Mixon and Pacheco in this game? So Isaiah Pacheco, it looks like a screaming buy on the over on this. They, the Vegas is tempting you to take this over. It's only, I got it at 47 and a half yards. Again, the line may move a bit here or there, but he, and he sailed over this number in nine of his last 10 games. And it's not even been close going way over this total. And matter of fact, when he played the Bengals in week 13, he went for 66 yards. So every trend says Pacheco over, over, over and the number is low. I'm going under, and here's why. I already mentioned with Patrick Mahomes' injury what the Bengals are likely to do defensively. The one thing I didn't add, because I wanted to save it for this, normally when they play their deep zone where they're dropping eight, they tend to drop them deeper. They don't want Mahomes getting those long, intermediate, and deep throws. Knowing he's not going to be able to plant on that ankle, those defenders, they are going to be compressed much closer to the line of scrimmage. They know Mahomes is going to want to get the ball out quickly. They're going to gum up the zone short, knowing, and hey, if he could beat him once deep, God bless him. They're going to be fine with that. But that's going to hurt Pacheco. Pacheco lives on the fact that these the defenders are deep. He's a decisive one-cut runner. And so he quickly gets to the second level because there is no second level against the Chiefs because they're all in pass defense. With the defenders closer, Pacheco not really having nuance in his running game. Okay, he's straight downhill. That's not going to work here. This is a good run defense, and they're going to have run support because of, the again, the defenders being closer to the line than they would always be in a Kansas City game. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, Pacheco, it was kind of an easy over last week. The Jags, a terrible run defense. Like, that was kind of a no-brainer to go over last week. So interesting. And, you know, people are probably thinking, well, he did it last week. Do it again. But uh, no, the other way. Uh, how about Mixon? Mixon, you never know with Joe this year. He's been all over the map. How would you hone in on Joe Mixon for this game? So it was last week his snapshot was only 56%. It was lower than it had been the last. And, and we'll, we'll skip the Ravens game for a minute. 
to end the regular season, he was getting 56 to 60 snaps a game. His snap share had gone up. Now, the fit, I had my 56 and a half years is where I got him and bet him. And he's gone over that number in three of his last six games. Now, we take the history of the Bengals and the Chiefs. And Nixon missed week 13. P. Ryan steps in, gets about 20 carries for a buck five, a buck six. And Nixon faced them last in the AFC Championship game last year, and he got 21 carries for 88 yards, both well, well, well over this number. In this particular game, first of all, the Chiefs on defense, they have to deal with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and to a degree, Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst. They are going to be concerned about getting beat by the big plays. So they, almost to a way the Bengals would typically play the Chiefs, my guess is they've got to keep defenders back to keep them in front of them, no explosive plays. That is going to open up the, middle, the running game because there will be space. The linebackers will be back further than usual. Nixon last week looked very decisive in his running. I do expect it again. We never know what his volume is going to be, but my guess is I think they're going to play with the lead in this game. In the last three games they won, they were chasing in the fourth quarter of all those games. Mm. I think they lead in this game, and that is going to allow them to run Mixon more because the defense is going to give that to them. Even if P. Ryan chips in for some carries, if Mixon can get me 17 carries in this game, he sails over that number with room to spare. I project him at 85 yards. Wow, that's uh, easily clearing the hurdle on this one. Jim, that, that is great stuff. Uh, appreciate the insight and the, the in-depth breakdown, so we'll have to do this again uh, sooner than later. And uh, thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes today. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. That is uh, Jim Coventry of Rotowire. Again, to recap, Mahomes under, Mixon over, Pacheco under, Miles Sanders under the four props from Jim Coventry of Rotowire joining us today. Take a break. Final wrap. What's on tap after this? QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.